Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 175 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo. Hello. Hi. Let's start with hi. that. Let's get the pleasantries out of the way before You're getting down. Say bonjour, oh, hi. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Bonjour. Hi. Comment ça va? How are you? I'm great. It's a bright, sunny day. I went apple picking this morning, Brian. My own personal apple event. How? Oh my God, <laughs> I should have seen that coming and I did not. Um, uh, you and your family collected how many bushels of apples? We collected two 15-pound bags. Okay, and what is the plan? Applesauce, apple pies, just eating apples. <laughs> For the next month or so? A- apples are great, right? Because they last so long. Just yeah, put them they, in the fridge, yeah. they're like it's, good for months. So, I was about to say, you put them in the fridge, they can last a long, long time, very yeah, easily. And, yeah. So anyway, we did that, fun little activity. Uh, we went early to avoid crowds, but towards 11.30, it started getting uncomfortably full. Yeah, and I might be going apple picking at the end of the month, and I'm a little bit worried about that too. Well, what's nice is apple picking is outside, so you're outside. There's like There's lots of space, lots of air, so not much room for viruses to circulate, but I did notice people going along in those little uh, carts that they have. They have like these tractors that pull large carts and some people had masks, some didn't. I would not have been comfortable on one of those carts. Well, I have good news for you. You don't have to go on any carts you don't want to. You're welcome. Exactly. So let's move on from uh, a personal Apple events to professional Apple events because I know you are super excited to talk about these things. Well, super excited. I mean, it's always fun when Apple has an event and the September one is always the biggest one because they're most... Uh, prized product, the iPhone gets unveiled. Uh, it's always the best iPhone ever. It would be shocking when you hear if Tim Cook comes out saying, good morning, today we have a worse iPhone than last year. <laughs> we have a middling iPhone, a mid-range uh, iPhone that will cost you more uh, for not a lot of tangibly better results. Yeah, that, that would be sad. But no, they have the iPhone and uh, it's an iPhone 13, lucky number 13. Did you think they were going to skip the 13th, like the elevator button? I half thought it at one point, but these people are a rational set of people who would not do that, right? So I feel like the 13 was to be expected um, because business get a business. Yeah, because people were thinking, oh, what's the unlucky number in China? But it's not 13. No, isn't it seven? It's either seven or four. Please hold on. I'm going to use the power of the internet. Four. Four. Okay. See, and there was an iPhone 4. Oh, also seven. Okay. So both of those were sold in China. No problem. Seven can also, according to Google, seven can also be considered an unlucky number since the seventh month, July, is a ghost month. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. I need to click on this very long article. Okay, well, let's, let's save it for a paranormal episode one year. Sure, deal. Let's do that. Maybe our 177th episode, but that's two episodes <laughs> away, so no. No, exactly. Unless you want to get into Chinese numerology um, as a hobby. No, not my plan. Okay, so let's. I'm going to start with like the big thing. The big reveal was the iPhone 13 and 13 Pro. They kept the Mini. People were worried the Mini was going to go away. And I've heard mixed results about the Mini. People love the size, but they don't like that the battery doesn't last as long. But good news, this year's battery, an hour and a half longer. Better than ever, everyone. Better than ever. Once again, the best. Yeah, and, and battery power is something that people do tangibly notice, right? Uh, more so than like the weight of the phone or the colors, which I guess people like colors. Uh, is this a big upgrade though from last year's phone? I mean, not really. And I mean, nice. like we talked about this since we've started. Like these are mostly refinements. They're not. Yeah, this is huge an iPhone for somebody who has like an iPhone eight or iPhone ten or ten S, maybe like a three year old phone or earlier. Great upgrade. Eh, once you start getting to the iPhone 11, 12, not huge difference. All those phones really fast still. 
really great cameras. These cameras are better, obviously, and they're diagonal now. Did you notice on the back I did that notice. differentiates you? You can say, look how cool I am. I have a better phone than you. Right. It's a signifier of class. Yeah. A big signifier on the pros are the gigantic cameras on the back. Did you see those things? Yes. Yeah. Do you hear the cat? I do. She's right yeah. behind you. Let's leave this in. That is very cute. Hello. She can't hear me, obviously. That's adorable. Yeah. She just shows up. I don't know what she wants. Maybe well, she, she wants the she misses her ghost month. <laughs> Maybe she needs to. She has more Apple news and rumors for you. She's letting me pet her. I there almost ran over her with my chair. <laughs> well, yeah, those are big cameras, Brian. But they're good cameras. But are they that much better than last year's cameras? They're fine. Incrementally. Incrementally, it's a great phone if you need to upgrade. Um, same prices, at least that's good. Although now you can get a one terabyte iPhone Pro. Which is crazy to me. Back in the day, I remember struggling with the two gig hard drive. So I remember having a 50 megabyte drive and uh, Wing Commander 2 took up most of it. I would like to talk about something very important that I was kind of skimmed over, not really talked about, but like, um, uh, I wonder how much of a priority a, like augmented reality still is for, for Apple, right? With all of these like advancements in the camera. Well, they still have it. They use it. There's the, I think that it's, it's got its own like kit for it, right? VR kit or AR kit, right? So yeah, it not VR, VR, something else, AR kit. People use it. It's in their invitations. So if you get the Apple invite, if you tap on it, you get like a, a weird Apple invite floating in midair in whatever room you're in. I don't use the AR stuff pretty a lot much of people don't. at all. I, I don't the care. The only cool thing, I actually saw it uh, live in action yesterday. Um, so I went to a friend's birthday party in a park. And the theme was like to bring uh, interesting snacks. Okay. So some people had brought foreign snacks. So they used the Google Translate AR on the fly to de- like decode what was written on some of the packaging. That is super cool. Yes, I, I have used that. And is, is so that is considered AR? I would assume so, right? Because it transforms what's in front of you. Yeah, um, okay. Th- through like, you know, machinations. That, that is one of the most magical things you can see a phone do, I will say. That's, it's not that's as good like as one the, of the more futuristic things. The jump shot stuff, like the basketball stuff from I think two years ago, right? That they were yeah, showing. Yeah. Um, that has way less of a practical application than like if you're on vacation or if you buy foreign snacks and bring them to a park and want to know what they're saying. Pretty cool. I I'm looking forward actually. So iPhone, uh, iPhone, no, not iPhone. Uh, iOS 15 comes out this week, and there's the new like text recognition thing on photos and phone numbers. So let's say you take a picture of a phone number on a. I was going to say pancarte, which is the French way of saying it, but on a billboard. And you actually can just tap on the phone in the image and it'll call, yeah. which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to iOS 15. It's a pretty simple upgrade uh, in terms of recommending it because it's not a drastic change. So those are usually pretty stable. I wouldn't be too worried about it. It's, I mean, I, I don't tend to worry too much about upgrading my iPhone and iPad as much as I hold off on upgrading my Mac yeah, well, I mean, like, uh, though recently with this, like, um, uh, like emergency patch, right, that came out, that's kind of a necessity. Yes, and uh, most people don't upgrade but, or update, but like, yeah, it, it, it's it's important to update your phones and stuff. People remember, like, I think ever since the whole Maps debacle, like, almost ten years ago at this point, people freak out about updating their phones. I, I've seen people like still on like two or three OSs ago saying, "Oh, I really don't want to upgrade. You're not supposed to update. It's bad." <laughs> which they hear, um, you know, they hear it through the grapevine, 
I yes. guess, through the Facebook incorrect grapevines. Yeah. Fake, those, yeah, those are terrible people to listen to. If anyone has upgraded to iOS 14.8, do so as fast as possible because it plugs a rather large security hole that allows people to do something like send you a PDF and then uh, take control of various parts of your phone. Yeah, Brian had asked me this week if I had received any PDFs and I was wondering what he was talking about because I thought he had sent me something important. No, that's just the easiest way by which um, hackers can gain access um, to your phone. You don't even have to like engage with the content. It's just being sent that, right? So, And like once again, this is a whole kind of other thing about like the security industry and how like this was discovered and how this was exploited right by like these private security firms who use these kinds of like exploits in order to gain access to their targets phones yes now we're typically not targeted people although somebody some people might really hate our podcast and really want to target us but typically we're not the 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 ones we're targeted these are vips that have been targeted right about for this to Kind of follow them, track them, figure out what they're up to. Um, both uh, good and bad, I guess. Mostly bad, I would say, is not all bad. The, what are you talking yeah. about? When is, when is it good? Uh, it's true. You're right. Well, when you have to figure out what your kids are doing, <laughs> <laughs> then you just turn on Find My. Yeah. No. Let's say yeah. Mostly bad. Um, yeah. That's that's another thing. Um, I I've I've asked like we talked about this right. I've asked my daughter a couple of times if she wants a phone, and she doesn't want one. Although she did tell us that she is one of three people in her class of what twenty five students that do not have a phone. That's great. Yeah. So I'm very envious, and I think I was I was talking about this yesterday. But like my desire to return to a flip phone is like growing as time continues. I like I like my phone. I used it to take pictures today, which is great. I do try to not have it anywhere near me most of the time. So if I'm watching a movie, I'll put it far away so I don't I'm not tempted to go check Instagram or whatever. Although I I've taken away most of the apps that are quote unquote tempting to use while you're doing other stuff. So I try not to use my phone. Anyway, all this to say iPhone 13, best iPhone ever, as it usually is. Are you upgrading, Brian? <laughs> uh no, I'm fine. Yeah. You have an I'm, iPhone eleven, I believe. Eleven, yeah, I'm completely one. fine for the next yeah. little while. Yeah, I upgraded earlier this year from an iPhone 8 Plus to an iPhone 12. Pretty happy with my 12, and um, I'm going to keep going with it. Yeah, as long as it doesn't break. Now, uh, they also upgraded uh, the iPad regular and the iPad mini. Now, the iPad, uh, we it's just the iPad, right? The plain old iPad. Yeah. I still consider this the like, absolute best value of anything Apple makes because it's $329, and you get a really good iPad with that. Yeah, but like, what is a computer? What is a computer? <laughs> Let's what not is? open up that debate again because we've talked about that ad nauseum. But yeah, I mean, once again, the iPad mini value versus cost, uh, bar none, the best Apple product for it. No, no, not, not the iPad mini, just the regular. No, no the, iPad. I'm just saying, like, even the iPad minis, though, some of them are pretty good. Yeah, for, but the like, iPad mini is expensive. Light, for, yeah, but for like light stuff that you wish to do. Yes, however, you are still going to be paying $500 for that iPad mini, right? True. But you get, you get the nice. Um, Everybody's been making fun of this edge-to-edge screen. It's not really edge-to-edge because there are <laughs> there is a bezel around it, albeit a small one. Uh, no face ID. There's touch ID in the button, and uh, but there's no home button anymore. It's I hate touch ID, by the way, uh, on my computer. Oh, you Never don't works. use it? Never no. works. My wife has it on her uh, MacBook Air, and my fingers... Uh, touch ID'd in there and it works fine. Nope, never works for me. I always have to type in the password through the other day. Is it because of the time you were an assassin and you uh, burnt <laughs> off I burnt your, off part, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Your, well, that's a whole other discussion that we could talk about in the paranormal section, but no. So it doesn't work, Brian. No, but yeah, you're right. I, the iPad is still the best value uh, Apple product. 
The iPad mini, it's basically a smaller Air, although it actually has a better processor than the Air at this point. It, they didn't mention it in the presentation because like, people have said they wanted to save it for the iPhone presentation, but they didn't mention it. There's an A15 chip in there, which is the new chip. Okay. The A15 chip is a whole thing on its own where they've kind of reached the point where they've improved these chips so much that the incremental improvement from the 14 to the 15 it's not that much. So they kept, they didn't really compare it to last year's iPhone. They compared it to their competition and iPhones of several years ago. Yeah. I mean, that is one way of benchmarking, right? Yeah. I mean, look, this just goes to show you have an iPhone from the last few years. You got a really fast phone. You don't have to worry about processors anymore. To a certain extent, even computers, you don't really worry about processors. Like the bottleneck on my Mac is not the processor. Actually, there's no bottleneck on this Mac at this point yet. So it, it yeah, like, but you're not doing things like motion graphics either, right? So exactly for but most people aren't either, right? Like the people who are doing that type of stuff will know they need a good processor, and that's what they're going to get. Like they will upgrade to a Mac Pro and spend fifteen thousand dollars on a computer because that's what they do for a living. For me, that does a little podcast and works from home on this computer. A six-year-old iMac is pretty good. Yeah, it is. Okay. Last thing, I, can, I saved this for last because it's the only thing I'm actually considering buying because I have a much older Apple Watch. Uh, I have the Apple Watch Series Three, which of course should be gone. But guess what? Apple. Well, kept so it. why don't you tell me? Tell, why don't you tell the listeners what you were telling me this week about every time you have to upgrade your Apple Series Three? The Apple Series Three. I I like this watch. It still works fine. It's getting older. It's not slow like the Series One was that I originally had. So it's it's been four years I've had it. Still fine. Battery actually. Still only like the lowest I ever see at the end of the day is 40% and I use it normally. Whenever you upgrade an Apple Watch Series 3, the non-cellular model, model, which I have just the GPS one, it came with eight gigabytes of, of, um, of storage space. For a watch, who cares, right? I have nothing on there. Just I don't put any apps on there. I don't have any photos on there. There's no music, nothing. Should be fine. Uh, it says I only have 4.3 gigabytes of storage and out of that 4.3, 2.4 is being used. And to upgrade to the next OS, you always need 2 point something gigabytes of storage free, even if you're doing a, a, a dot update. So in several times I've updated this phone, I've had to actually unpair it, wipe it, and then <laughs> upgrade it. it. The process, and I'm not exaggerating, can take several hours. Recently I've noticed though, if I upgrade with the actual, just the watch. I don't use my iPhone to upgrade it. There's a, um, I keep saying upgrade. I meant update. I don't know what's wrong with me. Too many apples. Uh, Too many Apple updates. Yeah, exactly. So if you update it from settings in the watch, I've noticed I don't get that message. Is this just good luck? Maybe. I don't know. I'll see Fingers what happens this, this week when I up, update to uh, watch OS 8. Maybe they fix this stupid problem because they're still selling the Series 3 with 8 gigabytes. 8 gigabytes. Yes. They're still selling it with 8 gigabytes of, of storage. It's a horrible user experience. If you're, this yeah, is your course. first watch, I'm like, oh, I don't want to get the high-end one. I'll just pay, pay $200 and get the Series 3. Spend the extra $75 and get the SE, which is a significantly better watch. It has 32 gigabytes of storage, so you won't have this issue. And it's it's a lot faster. Well, it's just like when I had my Apple, like my iPhone SE, and like I had, I had the base model, the 16. Yeah. And I constantly had to offload random things in order to be able to upgrade, um, uh, update, not upgrade, I'm doing the same mistake here. Yes. In order to update um, uh, iOS. What's worse with the watch, though, is there's nothing to offload. 
Exactly. My, my watch is completely empty. There's one app. Uh, I use Carrot Weather on there. It's a three megabyte app. So obviously it's not that. It's 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 infuriating as well. And Apple used to say, oh, offload, uh, take off whatever's on there. And then like the third step would be to unpair it and then pair it again. But mm-hmm. now on certain certain people have noticed the message when they update their to the new iOS, they get the message for the watch OS saying, make sure to unpair your watch and refresh it basically that way. It's a huge, horrible hassle and not like most people buying a lower end watch are not going to be that tech savvy anyway. No, of course not. And they're going to decline to to update. Yeah. So this, uh, if I have any recommendation for buying a watch, if you're going to spend $200 on the Series 3, skip it, save it, save some money up and buy and spend the extra $70 or whatever it is for the SE. You don't have to buy a Series 7, which is, I think, like double that price. But still, I guess um, if you want to get the Series 3, do it and you're going to hate it. But now you're contemplating it. Yeah. Uh, I So I'm not, I, I have the Series 3. I, I still use it. I use my watch all the time. I love the fitness tracking and everything. I think it's four years. I may consider the Series 7. However, it's been delayed. Though That was one of the rumors. They were saying it was going to be delayed. Uh, but the best part of the rumors is that most of them were completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like that is pretty par for the course for a lot of different Apple announcements, right? But this was like really wrong. They, they were calling for a new watch that follows the new Apple design language of the flat sides. And a lot of people, including myself, were saying, eh, it kind of looks weird with flat sides. Uh, and Apple's like, our new Apple Watch Series 7 with rounder sides. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> rounder than... So they they just... I think they I think they trolled like the leakers. I think they fake leaked this stuff. What do you think? Or disinformation campaign to figure out who's leaking stuff. So do you think... Um, uh, what's his name? Richard Doty or Dolan? Which one Which one is the, 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 the misinformation agent? Uh, Richard Doty. Okay. So yeah, he works for Apple now. You think so? He's just yeah. like, he's in there. He's just working. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna he's, he's gonna come out, start presenting things. Apple's new marketing campaign. So, <laughs> but I mean, like, listen, I do think that, like, in the interest of figuring out leaks and things, I think it's just a very legitimate point. Yeah. So, Series uh, Seven watch. There is an S Seven chip, which is apparently the same as the S Six chips. So, this is another thing like we were saying with the A fifteen and A fourteen. These chips year to year now are hardly making any changes because they're already so damn fast. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, uh, the the nice thing about the newer watches is you don't have to worry storage wise either at all. Not at all. Least. Not at all. That's that's so that's almost my like main reason to upgrade. And what's lovely, they've kept the same size bands. I, I don't have. I haven't bought. I'm not somebody who buys a lot of watch bands. I've actually, I actually never bought one. I've I've received two as gifts. I was gonna, I was going to say your wife bought you bands, right? Yeah, she bought me a really nice one, a Milanese Loop, and um, it's really good. And I'm not going to buy another one because I like it. Uh, however, they've kind of disappointed me with the colors. There's, I like this, the bare bones silver aluminum watch. And they don't make that anymore. Now there's Starlight, which is kind of like, has flecks of gold in it, which I don't really want a golden watch. <laughs> uh, it would suggest a level of, of wealth that you're perhaps not comfortable. Yeah. Probably just going to get a blue one. Like to match my phone. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all in all, pretty ho-hum, right? Uh, yeah, Apple I mean, look. 
compared to the other thing we're going to go into now that was announced, now that's <laughs> some innovation, Brian. Can you so, uh, get us started on this? Yes. So um, uh, one of the greatest joys I have when I record podcasts with you, Angelo, is my ability to get you into uncomfortable positions and say things that you don't necessarily uh, want to say. So with that in mind, I uh, linked you to a Gizmodo article all about a strange black box that plugs into your TV, uh, which started out being called the Quicks, but now people are calling the Cucks. <laughs> uh, pretty appropriate. They're they're really into the irony here, which I don't think they actually know the meaning of, these people that have made this thing. Correct. I, I kind of looked into them. So two horrible people made a really dumb device, basically. Correct. So uh, Actually, uh, well, that's a correction. They haven't actually made it yet. It's an idea that is fermenting in their horrible, putrid minds. Yes, so they, uh, so Millie Weaver, who is an ex, or, uh, yeah, she is an ex InfoWars, so the Alex Jones organization, reporter, um, has raised over $170,000 USD on Indiegogo in order to make the cucks, which is, you watch the the, the teaser video, which will, uh, it's in the Gizmodo article that we're going to include in the show notes, and you kind of like, there are a lot of questions, right? Because it seems like it's sort of like MySpace almost. You share photos, um, you share content, you share media, and then like the idea is that this is supposed to be like, um, a large spectrum of media that uh, they, capital T, don't want you to see. I love the couple in the video. I think it's like her brother-in-law and sister. Yeah, it's very, very like, the production values on are great, but of course, like, uh, grifting is a really, really fun thing to do. No one knows what this black box is. No one is quite sure uh, if it's a streaming service. Is it a social media network? Is it all of the above? Is it just um, a way of having some really nice TV screensavers? No one's quite sure. It's like crappy Plex. Yeah, it's like Plex, absolutely, with like uh, a minimum of like explaining what it actually is. And it retails right now for uh, $99 uh, USD. But they've got some big names on board. They have CNN, SNL, PBS Kids (laughs) is on board, apparently, Um, Stanford University. I'm pretty sure they wholesale just like copied and pasted that and they have no no actual rights to these things. Well, they don't have rights, but what they're doing is they're basically like, um, uh, and it's mentioned in the video, they're basically like replicating whatever is in the Android market space. They're doing this to get away from big tech, right? Correct. Using the tools of big tech. Yes. That, that was one of the uh, points mentioned in the Gizmodo article. Uh, hmm. So, Brian, how much are you pledging to Indiegogo for this? I'm, I'm actually going to ask Millie Weaver and company uh, for money. I'm not pledging. I'm demanding money back. So they, uh, they're like these like irony poisoned like posters who thought that like, oh, everyone's saying cucks, right? So let's just go with it. And like, they think it's a funny thing to own the libs when it's like, it's clearly not. It doesn't say much for their base that people are, who are going to be dumb enough to buy this thinking it's something special. It's like, it's like the people that go to like the flea market and buy like a garbage product thinking it'll work just as good as anything else. But they're well, it's just like those off-brand gaming systems from back, like from the last like 10 years, like those retro systems, right? That yeah. actually don't have the rights to anything. So like they have a ton of like knockoff ROMs on there. But people think, oh, let's just get it. I got the, the mini Genesis. No, you didn't. You got like the mini uh, Junesis. <laughs> the mini, yeah, yeah. Or like the, the Genesis is actually an acronym for something. Yeah, it makes me think back to the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer's buying a TV. He's like, ooh, a Sony. No, that's a Sorny. Sorny. Yes. Uh, so Millie Weaver, of course, is also known, uh, uh, was infamously uh, um, making the rounds last year in the news because she claims that she was being silenced by the deep state when she got arrested um, and then raised almost $200,000 in like um, uh, legal fund money when it was later revealed that it was like this like weird family entanglement where actually she like stole her mom's 
phone. It's like this weird kind of like, uh, like, you know how grifters are always doing the headline, but the headline's never actually like based on the fact. They actually like, they screwed up personally and they're using the shield of like, I'm being attacked by the liberal media in order to do something like this is yet another instance of that occurring. It would be sad if I didn't think like she deserved everything she ever got. She's horrible. She's a horrible yes. person. Yeah. I mean like to be associated with InfoWars of course is to mean that you um, have compromised all your um, values and reason and judgment. Um, I was joking the other day with a friend of mine because I recently saw a clip of Alex Jones and he still does that thing where he prints out all of his news stories in front of him. Right. So there's like this overhead crane shot that I had seen um, uh in a Twitter video. And of course, like it's 2021, but he's still printing everything out in neat little packets in front of him every single day, like a dad would, right? When you print out website news, he's like Twitter. Logan Roy. Yeah. But like way worse. Yes. And, and, and less if, rich. Do you think, do you think Alex Jones has bought a cucks? He's probably like a, a founding member and like a silent partner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you're going to grift like a $99 box, probably like what? Like you're running like an Android build in there, let's say probably like a knockoff Android build. And there's no real reason for it to be its own box either. I think the main reason that they did that is, um, to be able through anything else. Well, if they had sold it as a phone, people already have phones versus like, this is like an additional, um, point of tech that you can introduce to your home in order to fight big brother. I wonder what, uh, I wonder if they have a really good chip in there. I would be so curious. Uh, you know, somebody's probably going to pledge the the hundred bucks and then like do a like an unboxing video and then like open it up on the inside and take a look and see what's going. But there on. already is a really good unboxing video if you watch the video. Do you see how happy the cover? The, <laughs> I know, the yeah. Were when they opened <laughs> it was life changing. Yeah. The funny thing about the video too is like it doesn't tangibly explain what how your life is going to change for the better in these instances. No, it explains with this nothing. Box. Nothing. Yeah, you get to access nothing. CNN on your TV. But why would they watch CNN? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Right. So confusing. Yeah. Uh, no thanks. So uh, it's a pass on that. Uh, definitely of all the things announced this week, uh, I'm passing on that. You? Uh, and you know, that's fair. That's fair. I also am going to pass on that, I think, Angelo, um, for the uh, simple reason that I don't, I'm cheap. I don't want to spend money on this. Why would we want to spend money? I'm saving my pennies for an Apple Watch Series 7. Well, there you go. And with that, Angelo, let us head on over to the paranormal side of things. Hello? On the computer. I'm a computer guy. Everything made out of buttons and wires. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we are switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So uh, we're kind of doing some insider baseball, uh, inside baseball um, um, stuff this week. So to those who are listening for um, tales of the weird and the wicked, uh, we may actually cover a couple uh, later on this episode. But uh, to start things off. Brand new spanking news from the last couple of days. Your friend and mine, Luis Elizondo, is going to write a tell-all book. This is what it was all leading up to, Brian. It's his best way to make some money off of his grift. I agree with you, and it's an interesting way. Because he's got a big publisher. This is not no self-published book on Amazon. No, exactly. He's got a pretty, pretty sweet deal lined up. So probably some nice advance in the book. Uh, is he actually going to write it himself? Yes, I think it's going to be co-written at the very least. Yeah. Uh, or ghost, ghost, ghost written Ooh, as, as these things often are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which sounds much more boring. Usually it means, in a lot of these instances, it means like sitting down with someone being video uh, video or audio taped for eight to 10 hours and then like someone yeah. going off and like turning that into 175,000 words or whatever. Yeah, but maybe he's a good writer. I'm, I'm just being judgmental because yeah. I, I, I'm not particularly keen on this guy. 
Yeah. Well, his book promises, quote, to reveal shocking, never before shared, before shared details regarding what Elizondo has learned about UFOs and the profound implications for humanity, all of which will escalate what is already a hot topic globally. What are your predictions for the Ford who's writing this Ford? Oh, shoot. That's a good question. Uh, hmm. Who would be someone of stature? Like Joe I, Rogan? My, like, uh, oh, what if it's Alex Jones? <laughs> that that would be something else. I highly doubt that he would want to tarnish. No, I I see him as some some political person, right? Oh, you think so? Like someone yeah. adding some legitimacy? Yeah, Jimmy Carter, John Podesta, no. John Podesta. Oh, John Podesta makes sense. He but he wrote he wrote the forward to Leslie Kane's book. Well, that's fine. He can he can write multiple forwards. No one's yeah. preventing him from doing that. Yeah, yeah. John Podesta is a good one, but I that think, yeah. But but a lot of the people that are are Luis Elizondo uh, like followers are. Uh, anti-Hillary people, aren't they? Yes, that is, a, I mean, that's a whole other sphere to do. And they might think Podesta is a baby eater, so <laughs> they, uh, that could not The owner maybe. of Comet Pizza? No, see, that's even worse. <laughs> Donald, Donald Trump, maybe. That would be really funny, actually, if he yeah. did. Uh, he won't tremendous, his tremendous, <laughs> tremendous evidence. I mean, the thing is, like, once again, like, um, in a classic grift fashion, like, let's be honest, like, he's done a lot of, like, interesting work within the UFO realm. Yes, of course, that is... Not to be argued, but at the same time, like the idea of like uh, uh, drip disclosure on the side of like when you are trying to make a living out of this is also true, right? So the idea of all of these like different appearances on podcasts and TV shows. And like the one good thing though is he has given a lot of his time to paranormal podcasters, both big and small. Like to me, it's a, it's a, it's like a, a move towards goodwill and that's cool. I the Silver lining in all this is that he's made himself available to a variety of people, which is interesting. Is he charging people though for no. those podcast appearances? No. Okay, no. good. He's giving of his time. Okay, that's that, so. Okay, there we go. Some respect uh, points given now. So I think, like, the, like, like I just said, like the silver lining throughout all this. Yes, of course. Like he's trying to earn a living with this. Like I'm not going to begrudge someone trying to earn a living, but like the idea of the escalation of the big reveals reminds me a lot of like a lot of these um, paranormal figures from the like the 80s and 90s and the last like two decades too, who just come out and then like suddenly it's like they they have a bigger truth to reveal to everyone over and over again. I feel like he wants to sell me a monorail. <laughs> to Ogdensburg. Yeah. Well, so Paranormality Magazine, I've never gone through this website. It seems sort of sarcastic. I guess so. I like, I don't know how to read this at all. I feel like it's sincere. It's just the way, like they definitely need a, a, a both an editor and a copy editor. Well, Jack Kirby writes, like didn't he invent most of the Marvel characters? Correct. And he's also dead. Yeah. So phew, even more paranormal there. Double density. Uh, before I forget, Angelo, uh, the newest issue of Paranormal Paranormality magazine has a list of 25 top uh, paranormal podcasts. Are uh, we on there? I am trying to like move over to get to it because I just realized now that like this exists because I didn't see it previously. I was just linking to this website because I thought it was like an amusing uh, new uh, website we can add to our like uh, regular scroll through of like different things that we love looking at. Oh wow! And you when you turn the page, it makes a noise. Yeah. Oh, they've got Lazar's lab in here, all about UFO. And they, they, uh, element 115 is misspelled as Elmtim, E-L-E-M-N-T. So this is, I would say, self-published. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> I mean, like, good on people for, like, laying these things out and, like, wanting to do these things. But, like... Yeah, I can't find the, the top 25. Okay, so it's, it's page 48. 48. So we're, this is, we're doing this live, folks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ryan Sprague, Somewhere in the Skies is on there, number 20. Okay, good. I mean, like, we like him. Anybody else that we know? Monsters Among Us, Hillbilly Horror Stories. Okay. Not really. This is fine, as okay. we love to say. 
Um, yeah, but I was just, so I was clicking around and I was laughing because of the fact that like the other related news story that I saw was all about um, the Stargate program, which is uh, an all-time hilarious thing to me to think about, right? So Paul Smith, one of the members of the Stargate program, which was a CIA operation, or rather a number of CIA operations which were retroactively uh, given the umbrella term of the Stargate program, uh, all about remote viewing. Um, so Paul Smith is now offering courses that are week-long, cost about $3,000. So speaking of grifts and speaking of ways in which we can uh, collect money from people wanting to learn skills that may or may not work. Uh, here we are. The 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 Stargate program uh, project we've talked about a couple of times, and I, I find it really interesting, right? Because it all kind of comes full circle because one of the people involved is Hal Putoff, who, of course, co-founded no. To The Stars. Yeah. Was he an A-tip? Was he an A-tip? Um, I don't think no, so. No, he was with, he was in Robert Bigelow's team. Yeah, though, right? he was one of those people Nids. who like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, remember, and he also was like part of the the time travel, like the the dinosaur uh, yes. diagram people. So whenever I look into this remote viewing thing, and realize the CIA spent like twenty years, if not more, trying to get this to work, it seems shocking to me that it got that far. Like, who was running this? Did they just have morons like thinking this will work? We've got to well, try. It's it. not that this will work. It's like they were like once again, like you got to think the like. Still within the confines of the Cold War, worried that the Russians had invented like mind altering capabilities or whatever, right? Like, you know, like on the fringes of the battlefield, these kinds of things are always in existence and always talked about and whispered about, right? Like the idea of uh, the Nazis having access to uh, UFO material, right? Was like a big thing for a while. Well, and Hitler was always like looking for the latest paranormal thing. Like that's the whole premise of the Indiana Jones movies is that the Nazis were totally into the occult and paranormal, right? Didn't he have like a a whole uh, quest for the Spear of Destiny or something yes. like that that he yeah. like thought was a, a thing that would lead him to power? Uh, like, so, I mean, now we would hope the public is a little better informed uh, because things can easily be found. But the problem that's is not that true. is... That's no, not that's true, not, I was just going to say, now the problem is, is that there's so much information and so many people just like to look at their own little echo chamber. I mean, I guess we can be accused of that in terms of like looking in our own little skeptical echo chamber, but we're right. Well, I was going to... Well, not even just we're right. I think like we are uh, a pair of men who enjoy... We're, we're two white guys with a podcast, right? Like this is just like at its baseline, like we're the very classic definition of a podcast. But beyond that, we also uh, look at the evidence on hand in order to assess judgment. And if something were to be outwardly and out, you know, uh, just like unimpeachably paranormal in nature, we would rush to declare it as such. But, well, my... my uh... I keep going back to something Spanner said last week about his co-host on uh, on the Missed Apex podcast, uh, Matt. He says that it's not his fault that liberal media has a reality bias. Which is a good point. Uh, coming back to Stargate, though, like uh, one of my favorite things is one of the project codenames of either the project itself or its sister at one point was Project Grill Flame. They had a lot of weird names for projects. Like one of the ones that always sticks out to me is Project Grudge. Yeah. I don't know if it was off-putting. I just thought it was weird. But so where did this name come from? Does it like is to have an explanation as to why it was called this? Because it's really dumb. I mean, like the idea is like you're supposed to reach out into the vastness of the universe in order to discover your targets, right? Because remote viewing is all about that. It's all about closing your eyes and being given like very like strange clues in order to um, let your mind wander and uh, find the truth, right? Or to geolocate someone or an object. There's nothing beyond chance of this, right? Like it's not. 
there, this has never been proven to work, no matter how much these people want you to think it is. It's never been proven as like a double-blind actual scientific study. Correct? No, verifiably, no. And never. that's the whole point too, right? Which is why like, I think that like this lasted for a number of years because the, I don't think it called for a large budget. Right, no. because it, it always like it always seems, from what I understand, to be um, uh, a max of like twenty or twenty five people. It's like Mulder um, in the basement, yeah, just like at the ceiling. Instead of like one basement, uh, like uh, office, it's like four or whatever, right? So there's like a bunch of people there, um, and of course, the most famous or infamous person to come from this, of course, is your favorite person of mine. Major Doom, Ed Dames, right? A man who has made a fool of himself for decades at this point. He is still welcome on shows like Coast to Coast. He's and, still alive. I keep oh, forgetting. yeah. Yeah. Well, Howell put off his 85, eh? Oh, he looks great for his age. I know. I know. Well, he, he's got a whole story unto himself that we should probably unpack at one point because he, for a while, was like a part of the, uh, the Church of Scientology. And he no. hit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He hit, and he hit way up in like the, the ranking, too. He had his uh, high Thetan values or whatever. Those exactly, are called. yeah. He was like OT seven or eight or whatever one of the higher ones is, and then he left. And uh, he um, was a civilly member of Project Stargate, um, as was Ingo Swan, as was Joe McGonagall, whose book "Memoirs of a Psychic Spy" is like sitting over there. And I keep meaning to get to it. Uh, this episode might actually be the impetus for me to sit down and start reading it. I find a remote viewing super fascinating. I have a copy of like Ed Dames's training materials that I haven't just like I, if I'm going to invest myself, I'm going to invest myself and I keep talking about this. So maybe like, I just need to shut up and do it. Maybe you should. Um, in, in go Swan, right? That's his name. Yes. I always get confused with Ingrid, Ingrid cold, which yes. is the guy from, from the Mothman prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I always get those two confused, but one is a, a fictional weird, like black men in black type character. And the other one's an actual human being that well, I was going to say Ingo Swan also wrote um, some science fiction novels in the seventies and eighties. Okay. He's not alive anymore though. No, he's not. He passed uh like 10, 7, 2012, I think, 2013, okay. let's say. Okay. And he he was a proponent of remote viewing and yeah, he was he I mean he was it. a major part of Project Stargate too, right? So he, you know, he called himself a, a consciousness researcher. Like that's a pretty good title. Did you ever take remote viewing lessons? This like that rings a bell or something. No, but that's what I'm saying. Is I have to? Ed I have Ed Dames's materials, like yes, his whole okay. course. Um, on a hard drive, one of my hard drives somewhere, and I keep meaning to like invest myself, but I want to sit down with it. I don't want to just like spend an hour with it because like this is like they're lengthy. They're you lengthy. You could make lessons. one of those like uh, breathy uh, voiceover podcasts about that. <laughs> oh, like a like a, a well researched one. Yeah, yeah. Not like like not you know there there are different types of podcasts. Like ours is just the conversational two idiots talking type of thing, but then there's like the really well produced ones where they have forty five different producers to make their podcast. Um, even though it could just take uh, two or three. Um, it makes me think, I've been watching a show which is on Hulu in the US, but here in Canada, it's on Disney Plus called Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, I watched the first episode. And uh, I honestly had no idea what it was about. And then my wife and I started laughing because it was about podcasting. So, Well, the funny, and like spoiler alert, but it's like a very minor spoiler. In the middle of the first episode, the police detective you know, starts yelling at them about being like true crime fans, right? And I was like, that's exactly how I feel about true crime. Sorry, everyone, but like it's yeah. the truth. Yeah, no, I I really dislike true crime podcasts. Um, I feel, um, I listened to the first season of Serial and I thought, oh, it's good. But it's it created this thing where people were like, have you heard of this thing called podcasts? Uh, this it's this first one that came out is called Serial. No, I've been listening to podcasts for 10 years and Serial is, uh, it's like I, I felt like the, the hipster, podcast hipster, like, oh, I like podcasts when they were like nobody knew. Handcrafted, custom made. Yeah. 
Okay, Angela, I, have a, I have a question for you. Like bringing things back to Project Stargate and Paul Smith yes. and all these things. If you could remote view one thing, what would it be? An event, a person, what would it be? It, like it has to be in the past, in the future, just like and whatever you like. You whatever you'd like, my friend. I have two. I have two. Uh, one is more uh, because of something I heard recently, and one is more uh, like I think a lot of people would like to know. Uh, the well, okay, let, me, let me tell you mine. Okay, let okay. me tell you mine. Um, mine would be to remote view inside of Area 51 just to realize how boring it probably Ooh, is. Oh, that's a good one. Just to like, it's just guys working in an office, stamping things. There's no UFOs. It's just advanced airplanes that are like, it's like the new model of airplane that's coming out in a few years. I'm surprised you didn't say Roswell. I'm surprised you didn't say, like, I want to see the weather balloons. I want to see Project Mogul in action. Well, no, it, it, it'd be all of Area 51 where they have all this information, right? Right. Um, it would probably be way more interesting to remote view like the design lab at Apple because that that probably has stricter security than Area 51. Do you think, uh, maybe that's what she should do. We should like take these remote viewing lessons I have and you and I should try to remote viewing into these like highly um, sensitive areas. Then, Yeah, case. and compare of like, which one has the best security and yeah. it'll probably be Apple. <laughs> Tim so Cook on, rules with an iron fist. On my end, I think I would definitely do um, uh, Roswell for sure, you know. Uh, but like what I, Roswell? Like, like the incident itself, like 1947. Okay, so you go back in time. Yeah, and yeah. Okay. I would want to see the the crash retrieval um, process happen. Oh well, so you know, it, it made me because I, I was fixated on like remote viewing now, and you're right. Like we can remote view anything. Like what about the Kennedy assassination? That would well, be interesting that's, to, well, both of them, right? Because like Sirhan Sirhan right now for Robert Kennedy is like up for parole. Yeah. And it's so super it, fascinating because I dove into that case in Angelo. There are a lot of weird things in there that like m- make me question. Well, that, uh, that's a whole guilt. Manchurian candidate type of thing, right? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. And the interesting thing about that I found out is allegedly the night before Sir Hans Sohan was hanging out with John Frankenheimer, who is the director of the Manchurian candidate. No. Yeah. There's a ton of that stuff. Um, and I was doing some reading about how uh, Robert Kennedy was like shot in the back, but Sirhan Sirhan was like to the front of him. And so I would love to remu- remote view what happened in that pantry area. Well, um, we can we can do the 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 normal thing and just research this and and maybe do an ep- an episode about it because it does sound pretty interesting. And there's some paranormal stuff in there too. Right? We could also take the 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 book depository right November 1963. I would love yeah. to know what happened there too. I I would hazard a guess and say that it was likely. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald that did do the deed, but there was probably some stuff behind there too. Well, stuff and also like the number of bullets being shot in uh, whatever, like maybe we'll save this for November. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good idea. I mean, look, that's what uh, Stephen King did in his novel, right? Like he went back in time to try and stop the Kennedy. Which was actually like a really decent book. Yeah, I enjoyed that book. And there's a series as well, but I never watched it. Oh, with James Franco, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of these things where I wasn't. It was Hulu only, so I don't know. I don't know if it's on on Disney Plus though. I have to check. And it, I don't think it's there. Uh, I think it was on Netflix at one point though. Um, really? In Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying to untangle all that is is so much more fun too. Um, what the paranormal aspects of Canadian broadcasting rights? Yeah, exactly. And what media you can go where? Yeah. Very very confusing. Uh, yeah, I'd go with Roswell. I'd go with one of the Canadian assassinations. I would love to know the truth about that. Or oh, like, what about the the studio where they filmed the moon landing? Oh yeah, either that or like you know, um, uh, or even better, remote view outwards and look at how the Earth is flat. Exactly, we could definitely prove uh, all of the debtors right. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to say because of spanners, I've been watching a lot of Simon Dan videos. Why do and, that to yourself? 
Well, because he's genuinely likable, right? No, he's great. What I'm talking about is like, but, it is oh my god, how does he not lose his mind? Well, yeah. and that's the whole thing is like, I'm constantly like every single video I've watched in the last like six months, whenever it pops up my recommended, I'm like, okay, this is great for like five minutes, and then I get real, real mad about it. Yeah, he's he's so patient. Yes, he is. He has the the patience of a literal saint, right? Compared yes. to, uh, you know, you mentioned Ingrid Cold before. Um, yeah. In theory, next episode, we're going to have a very special guest on, and we're going to cover the Mothman prophecies in a way that, like, I don't think I've seen covered before in a podcast. I think that, like, we have an interesting angle because a lot of people love to talk about the story and the lore behind it. But I feel like we found something that, like, could be very interesting that hasn't been discussed that I'm very excited to talk about because I'm a huge nerd in that realm. And uh, I guess people will just have to, like, wait and see and listen and read the the episode description uh, when it comes out. Good idea, Brian. Let's Let's leave them wanting more. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. I'm grifting, dripping. Yeah, we have evidence. <laughs> we we'll also got kind of evidence. Just buy our book. This has been it for episode 175 of the Double Density Podcast. You can go ahead and find us over on doubledensity.net. You can click the contact button, send us an email, and uh, look at our pasty white faces that I swear one day we're going to change. I, I need to update my uh, bio too. Uh, you can also head on over to uh, Twitter, double underscore density, to tweet at us all day long. We've gotten some great, 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 great feedback about the Spanners episode. It has been super cool to see people who hadn't previously listened to us um, come on board and enjoy the conversation. And then also on Instagram, double density podcast uh slowly posting pictures of all the things we like and love yeah um and you can find me at angela furin on twitter you can find me at brian hasty and if you'd love if you'd like to do so you can always leave us a, a review on itunes or the the podcast app right yeah i have not looked at <laughs> to be honest inside that app in many many months i have it on my phone i have it on my phone just as a backup to make sure that like our episode does show up properly yeah i haven't i haven't opened that up in a long time but yeah, I, I, it exists. It is a thing that exists, but you can always just go ahead and leave us a review over there. Angela, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to try something new to close things off for the episode. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to go. I, I have a new ending tagline, okay? You ready for this? Okay, great. That's it. That's all. Stay tuned for the next episode of Double Density. See ya. See ya. Let's see if that sticks, Brian. Let's see. Let's see.